The European Energy Commissioner will engage key political and industry stakeholders at an event in Clare to discuss strategies to develop and enhance European energy security and renewables policy. Kadri Simpson will be speaking at the event in Ennis, which takes place today and tomorrow. To find out more about it, I'm joined by the Fianna Falls Shannon spokesperson on climate action and, of course, uh, the Senator from Mount Shannon, uh, Timmy Dooley, and also the CEO of Ennis Chamber, Margaret O'Brien. And you're both very welcome to the programme. And, Timmy, I suppose an event like this is important and talking about... European energy security, something that really came to the fore after Russia invaded Ukraine, but more recently with what we're seeing in the Red Sea, the, the attacks by the Houthi rebels in Yemen over Israel's war with Hamas is disrupting. Uh, it's become a, ch- a choke point, I guess, for energy shipments headed for Europe, and we really rely on those imported natural gas to, to power factories and generate electricity and heat homes, and that's very much at risk with what's going on. Yeah, very much so. Uh, And you couple that then with what's happening from a climate change perspective and the necessity to decarbonise our electricity generation. I mean, most of our electricity in Ireland has been generated from principally coal and gas up to now. Uh, And ESB at Money Point have a really ambitious programme to eliminate coal from the mix. Uh, They have proposals to develop offshore wind farms out into the Atlantic. And it's really to see these plans that the Commissioner is coming and this whole conference is about because if we're to generate more electricity off the west coast of County Clare, that has huge potential for County Clare in terms of job creation, but from Ireland in terms of green energy and for Europe because the the vast array of space that's out there, the way in which wind blows effectively continuously out there, we can generate far more electricity than we'd ever need from an Irish perspective and it can be exported into Europe. And I, I think, you know, that solves the issue or part of the issue about security, but it also addresses the climate change issue. And we've all seen the impact of that uh, on how climate change is impacting on people's lives. And I suppose um, the other thing that would be really important, we all see now in our communities where people and communities are no longer accepting of the onshore wind farms. They just don't like them in their communities. And I believe that we need, as a country, to expedite our, our efforts to put these wind farms offshore where they can't be seen. Timmy, can I just ask you, though, and that is a very good point, that people don't just object to them. You know, it's the not-in-my-backyard uh, kind of viewpoint. But even putting them offshore, do you envisage any... Um, concerns or objections being raised by coastal communities who rely on tourism and might feel it might be a bit of an eyesore and take away from the the, the, the views that would uh, help attract visitors to their locality. Well, the, the beauty of this technology means that you don't have to find the shallow sand banks close to the shore. The float, these the plans here are for floating offshore wind turbines, similar to the kind of oil rigs that exist in the North Sea. So they, they effectively float way out into the Atlantic 35, 40 kilometres and further off. So they won't be seen from the shoreline. The electricity lines will be brought under the sea and they'll be connected at Money Point. And as you know, there's already an existence of pylons all the way from Money Point through two particular lines to the east coast of Ireland. And that's really why Money Point is at the epicentre of all of this. Um, and when you, when, you, when you look at then the kind of potential work that comes from it, um, you know, additionally... Because the area is so vast and building out these uh, and maintaining these wind farms is going to create a lot of work. It's labour intensive. And that's the real potential for County Clare in the Midwest. Um, And when you look uh, further afield then, there are other industries that can be attracted to the region to make use of this excess electricity that's coming on shore. And you think about the plans for developing hydrogen um, facilities back there, for looking at conversion to ammonia, 
you're looking at um, the potential for data centres and other engineering companies. So there's there's a, there's a really important array of businesses that can develop there if we can get this right. And that's okay. why this conference is going to have uh, industry leaders and industry players and investors from effectively all over uh, Europe in, in attendance to kind of collaborate. First of all, establish and see what the what the potential opportunities are in Clare. Um, and hopefully then that the follow-on from that will be significant investment um, and, and, and job creation, as well as addressing um, our, our electricity needs uh, from a clean perspective. And the ESB um, are really driving this. And I also want to recognise Margaret there, who I know is on the line from the Chamber of Commerce. She's done an enormous amount of work uh, in, in encouraging people to come uh, from small companies to see the potential opportunities for them too so that, that's very welcome. Yeah and I actually just want to ask Margaret about that and given the figures that are coming to uh, this event Margaret as, as Timmy's touched on ESB, Shannon Foynes Port, IBEC and parliamentary and ministerial attendees from other countries as well the significance of this event happening uh, in, in NS4 that potential investment and also uh, an event like this in terms of uh, maybe attracting other similar big events to, to the town in future. Yeah, I think it's huge and I'd like to congratulate Timmy on the, the work he's done. Um, you know, it was Timmy be, being elected to the role of co-president of the ALDI party last summer has led directly to this and, you know, it's just uh, it's fantastic to see how he's leveraged that position to, to turn around something so quickly and deliver it to County Clare, not just to Ennis. This is so important to West Clare as well because a lot of the proposed development is back there. I'd also like to say that, you know, as a chamber, we have focused on this sector for the last three years. So we were the first chamber to bring on board Simply Blue as a member. We have the ESB as a member, we've Money Point as a member. So we're not just about bringing the small businesses to the table, although that's important too, but we're in there with uh, representing the larger companies and we been working with them on lobbying and other aspects of their work and it's been a pleasure to work with them to date. So, you know, other other members of ours that will be speaking at the event tomorrow will include, obviously, Mary Constein from Shannon Airport Group as well. But what's interesting to me is already there's a clustering effect and you know you've got businesses in this area now popping up that are specialising in say environment health and safety there may be their accountancy practices that are specialising in renewable energy so these are all really important players and, and I would use the word cluster advisedly now at this stage because we are getting to a really good mass of businesses in the area and tonight for example, you know, there'll be 31 of us going for who are kind of associated with Ennis Chamber to an event later on and you know, even to have them all together at an event like this because the whole point of the Chamber is to encourage networking and you know, Timmy has provided a magnificent canvas for businesses in Clare to come along and to network not just with the big players locally but to, to network with big players internationally and you know we can't even underestimate the learning potential of an event like this I mean I really think it's going to be awesome it's such a huge event it's been a pleasure for me as well to work with the schools in Ennis so we'll be involving primary schools and TY students I mean they're our future and there really is a green future for students in Clare you know 10 years down the line they need to be looking at education now um, that's another thing we have looked at within the chamber. So the current chair of the energy skills for the Midwest region is on our board. So, um, you know, it's really important for us that we pull those pieces together within the chamber as well. 
um, because, you know, we need to be working in harmony for this in care to try and grasp those opportunities. They're not going to come to easy. We have to chase them down. And I think this is a really good step in chasing down those opportunities and jobs of the future. OK, it sounds like there'll be a lot of benefits from the event which is taking place today and tomorrow at Glore uh, here in. And it's just before we finish, Tim, and we're almost out of time, but you mentioned Money Point earlier. We know... Uh, it's going to function as a backup electricity supplier to the national grid until the end of the decade, 2029. As people are hearing in our news bulletins, the ESB is set to apply for planning permission to convert Money Point from a coal to an oil-fired station. The ESB believes the temporary arrangement won't impede the development of renewable energy hub Green Atlantic at Money Point. Is you, are you as confident that that won't be uh, impede that particular development? I am because what what Money Point can still do, um, even as an oil fired power plant, is as a backup. I mean, the wind doesn't blow all of the time; it blows a lot of the time. But when it's not blowing, you do need gas or oil, and oil is certainly better than what was being burned there, coal. Money Point doesn't Money Point doesn't produce the same level of electricity at all uh, as it did previously, uh, because there's a lot more renewables uh, coming onto the grid now. But it's important that you have a backup in the event of a very calm day, no wind blowing, and that they're able to fire up the the generators there and provide the appropriate level um, of backup that's needed. So I'm I'm, I'm thankful that the ESB, who were at a stage proposing to close the plant completely by 2024-2025, are now proposing to keep it operational as an oil-fired operation up to to 2029. That will ensure that the employment cluster remains there. And from the turn of the decade onwards, when this electricity is brought ashore, you're going to see an entirely new future for the ESB and other international operators there. It, it really is a bright future um, for clean energy uh, and for other opportunities in the West Clare and right throughout the Midwest region as a result of the decisions that both the government are taking, the decisions that have been taken in Europe, and the ambition that has been shown by the ESB in recognising the potential uh, that's out there in the Atlantic and through the wonderful engineering skill set that exists in the ESB. They're up and at it. They're involved with other companies and other generators uh, in the North Sea and in Scotland um, so that they can learn from that and that when they do hit the ground running uh, off the west coast of Clare that it will hopefully be a smooth transition and be beneficial to uh, the entire country of Ireland. will have export benefits in terms of electricity into Europe and will create significant jobs um, in the west of Ireland and particularly in County Clare.